This is the Making a Musical podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Frapp. Now, this podcast follows the development and execution of my off-Broadway musical, Lighthouse, an immersive drinking musical. We sold out at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2022. Now we're off-Broadway through September 30th, 2023. So come on down to Lighthouse. We're over at the Soho Playhouse having a great time. Now, today... I'm going to be posting the panel discussion that I had at BroadwayCon with industry leaders about how to produce a concept album. So let's just get right to it. This is how to produce a concept album. Um, I'll be hosting it and then we're all going to introduce ourselves. So my name is Jackie Thrapp, she, her, and I am the creator of Lighthouse and Immersive Drinking Musical (laughs) off-Broadway right now. Hi, my name is Wilden Ziada, he, him. I'm a director and creator of theater, television, and film. And today I'm gonna to be talking a little bit about one show I co-created and set to direct called Little Black Book, a concept album I actually did over the pandemic with its composer, Billy Reese. And I'm also the co-book writer, co-creator, and director of a musical that this badass Renaissance woman to my right wrote the music and lyrics for Figaro that we're currently in the recording studio with an all-star cast of doing a concept album. Um, my name is Ashley Jenna. I'm a composer, lyricist, book writer, and producer mixing and mastering engineer who's been very fortunate to meet the incredible director and also co-creator Will Nunziata for our musical Figaro. Um, I'm Cameron Spencer. I'm a freelance audio engineer and producer. And I've done some work with Jackie over the years and um, done a wide variety of different stuff. And you guys probably have a better idea of Broadway than I do in musical theater. I'm just kind of brushing shoulders, but um, yeah. I'll be talking about the engineering side of stuff. Hi, I'm Jennifer Uh I'm Elspeth Hall. I'm a producer, writer, writer of Superhuman Musical, uh, which is opening in London in the West End next year, and uh, we got a lot of traction from our concept record that we released during the pandemic. Great. Well, nice to meet everyone. Can you guys hear us okay? Oh, yeah. It's not too loud? Okay, great. Great, great voices over there. You know, <laughs> so, um, I just want to ask, before I'll take it to everyone, just who would like to come and say, what is a concept album? What is it, and how is it different from like a cast album? Yeah, I, I, I could do that. A cast album is really official. We're talking about the cast of whatever show you're doing. And, and it, it's literally you're going to see the show with this cast. A concept record can be anything you want. Anything you want. So the concept for my record is it's the pandemic and we need to do freaking something. Right? So I had a whole bunch of demos and put it together and then it got traction and created viral videos and then created fans singing covers of our music and asking for the sheet music and all this stuff. It's about getting it out there. Some concept records are like, I just have a concept, I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is a musical. I don't know if this is a movie. I just have a concept and I'm gonna put it together, right? So a concept is anything that you've 
that anything you dream of before the actual official cash record that costs a million dollars. Mm. Yeah, right? Yeah. Does he think that covers it? Yeah. Amen. I think it's also, what's, I'm all about like, what's the assignment? For Little Black Book, we have this great, by the way, we have to talk about Ren Rivera, who's the lead of my musical. I love that. Don't, don't even talk to me. Oh. <laughs> They're in Super U, but anyway, we'll talk. Um, um, Little Black Book, pandemic musical. Um, Dan Dean at Broadway Records happens to be a really good friend. Who I met right, we love. Um, as a performer for 20 years, whatever, we'll talk about this some other time, not for this, this assignment. But um, <laughs> um, it's, the Little Black Book's about Heidi Fleiss. And ideally, we're, we're going to get one woman to play this badass, downstage center rock icon in, in our show. But during the pandemic, we didn't have the time to just find that one person. And so we just, what I decided was that I cast 12 of my girlfriends who basically each got to play a different hue in texture and color of Heidi. So Lilius White, um, Kuhu Verma, Natalie Weiss, Jessica Bosk, Mandy Gonzalez, um, Brittany Johnson, Samantha Polly, Orfei. And these are girlfriends of mine for years. And I said, Van, you know, let's do this. Do you mind sending them a mic from Broadway Records? And he said yes. So I guess with the Little Black Book assignment, and Ashley will talk more about the Figaro, is my thing for all of you out there, love what Lord said, a concept, it, it can be anything. But also, the worst that someone can say is no. And because I had this big dream for Little Black Book to cast 12 all-star A-listers, and they all said yes, and it went to number six on the Billboard charts. In five, um, and I'm not saying this to brag, I'm just saying like, I never wanted to be a record producer, whatever. And it, and it was number like seven of the five nominated for Grammys in consideration. You just never effing know. Okay, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys were in consideration for a Grammy, I remember that. And I was like, ooh, yeah, it's gonna happen. It should have happened in my opinion. Okay. I'll say it. You and my mom. Um, yeah, what should have happened? <laughs> All right, so let's actually lean into that a little bit more. Um, what are your albums about that you have out now? I'll start. I have. I don't have a concept album, but I did release an EP for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Before we went to my lighthouse and we some drinking, we went to Edinburgh, and I wanted to have music that I could, when I have a video of it on Instagram, I could put the music over it. So I didn't really release, in a way it was a concept, because it was kind of unfinished, and still a lot has changed since then. So I did an EP, though it was a concept album, but um, yeah, that, that was what I did for that. But what are your albums about? And also your old and new. Um, well, Figaro is about a young um, singer who runs away from home and joins a band of um, vaudevillians and magicians. And for me personally, um, I just felt strongly of just making it feel like a, a movie that you can watch with your ears. So I feel like it's a it's a it's a concept, but for me, it's it's just a musical in audio form because I grew up. Um, learning musicals by getting the album, you know, and there's too many plays that don't have a recording of it, and you can actually watch it with your ears, in, I mean, in my opinion. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so, Collisions uh, is, we have this idea to write a song cycle, um, and then record it with this this wonderful uh, musical theater program down in Virginia that we work with, so we're used to some of the students there, and then some Broadway guest stars. Um, so Collisions is all about um, the different ways that things come together in life and the different ways that things kind of come apart. So 
Um, we have everything from, there's one song, I think this was kind of our invitation to do things that were just, we wouldn't necessarily put in a, a musical musical. Um, so things like there's one song where there are Newton's Cradle, kind of just click clacking back and forth, uh, weird things like that. And then other songs that are kind of about like relationships and different people kind of colliding emotionally in that way. Um, so just that way to kind of, it was our way into writing a bunch of songs that worked uh, on their own, but also kind of had connections between them, had ways to kind of bleed into each other. Um, so just kind of about life and the universe, in a, which sounds huge, but yeah, kind of about yeah, the different ways that we collide and come together in life. Uh, Super You, the story itself is about resilience, about getting on the other side of grief, it's about remembering your worth, it's the story of uh, an artist who learns how to love herself when her own superheroine creations come to life. And it celebrates a lot of strong women and inclusivity and diversity, and the concept record is, I've rewritten and written this script a gazillion times, and we just had a, a, a regional show, and I rewrote it again. And, and, and um, so the concept record was before all the rewrites. It's like different lyrics. It's like, it's just the demos that were like some, not even all of them, just the ones that I felt sounded good enough to, to, to be record quality. And I put it together during the, the, the pandemic. And um, it was a way to get content out there. That was the, the and, and a lot of them, I'm also in the show. So it, a lot of it is, um, is me singing all the harmonies. Mm -hmm. It's just me, you know, because it's the demo. It's, but it sounds awesome because I'm also a music producer. So I know how to make it sound good. Um, and, uh, and, and with my music producing partner, we can, we, we can make it sound absolutely record quality even though it's just quote unquote a demo, which I feel really fortunate about. And, and you said something that I, I agree with. I think that a hurdle with songwriters is sometimes you're like, oh, it's not ready to release it yet or whatever. However, I, I don't know, you release the song and then you change it when the show gets on the road. I mean, I do that all the time. So that's, I think, I mean, with Lighthouse, we deleted an entire song on our EP because we just don't need it. So, you know, you put it out there and just put it out there and you can change it later. You can, it's a, it's a process. I mean, writing is a thing. Just, just to tap onto that, it, like I said, it is literally, there's so many new songs, there's so many, some, the, some of the songs of the concept record are completely trashed, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's just like, this is the concept for what ends up being Super You. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the lyrics are different. Now there are people knowing all the words, I mean the arrangements are different, you know, people know this concert, but it's like a moment in time. And that's the way I look at it, yeah. you know? and then there'll be a cast record at some point. And there, or, or there might be another in-between record of some concert that we may be doing in London. Do you know what I mean? With some London stars. So there might be a concert uh, album of that. So we get to release albums as much as we want. Mm. Yeah. Were you gonna say something too? No, it's just my face always looking oh. like I'm gonna talk. No, but I guess I could. Um, I guess what I'll add is, you know, Billy Reese on Little Black Book, what, what was so beautiful about what he did for that and what a beautiful Ashley has done so far in I mean, she's just such a genius. Uh, I'll talk more about her later. But um, is uh, that, I'm, again, I repeat this so much. I'm all about what's the assignment. And to both your points, you know, to just get it out there unapologetically and being okay that for what it is right now is a beautiful thing that no matter how it ends up within the medium of a stage musical or a concert or a one-off or 
that is such a beautiful, valid piece of gold that no one can ever take away from the creator. And again, it's kind of just releasing that inner, maybe child voice that's saying, you're not good enough, who do you think you're? No, allow that child to come out and say, the worst that someone can say is no. And when they say no, and the door is closed in the front, find the window, because I bet your bottom dollar there's going to be one that's unlocked. Yeah, yeah, especially if you have a bottom dollar, money always unlocks stuff, which I'm going into my next topic, <laughs> one of my favorite topics, money. Funding, funding is the thing. How do you finance it? And I think we've all had different approaches. Um, so we'll just, I'd like to go down the line and talk about how you funded your concept album. I know that with me, I save up for a year, and then fortunately with Lighthouse, we got an investor to put five grand into the show. So that's how we did it with Lighthouse, and the Mercy Cookie Musical off Broadway now. How did you guys fund it? And how much did it, how much um, did you have to raise? Well, Billy's not here to talk about the amount, so I want to protect that. It was, okay. it was a lot of money, more than um, Figaro, and Ashley will talk about that. But for Little Black Book, I was very fortunate in my career with my twin brother, Anthony, who's an amazing singer-songwriter, but we had a you know, nice career singing. But we met a lot of people throughout our career where I would always tell them, by the way, one day I'm going to be a director. By the way, one day I'm going to be a director. And two investors heard it. And when I um, told them about not asking for money, because asking for money is the, the weirdest. I get like panic, my palms are sweating. I'm having a panic attack right now thinking about it. But it's leaning into the people, again, the worst stuff they can say is no. I went back to these two people who were huge fans of mine with my brother, who were always also fans of like, they said to me, Will, if you ever have a project, your first big thing as a director or creator, call us. In, in my head, of course, I'm like, they probably forgot, I, I let that noise go away, and they both said yes, and we got the project funded because I got out of my own way and asked. And so that was a little black book, which is very different from how Figaro's being done. Figaro's a bit unique because I, um, I learned how to um, vocal produce, instrumentally produce, mix, master music, because so much of it has to do with songwriting that even down to the mixing, like it's great to have that control and it gets very expensive when you're trying to mix and have someone make your own instrumentals. So I just worked really hard and stayed home like every weekend for years now, just saving money um, to self-fund for the artist and the, the um, recording studio and then everything else I taught myself over the years how to make. And I also use the money that I make from my musical services for people online to go back into Figaro so that's, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree on the uh, learning how to do a lot of it by yourself. As a, because I'm an artist as well as a um, freelance engineer, so I, I kind of see both sides of it, which is really helpful. Like we can, I can be the person trying to release the music, but I can also be the person that's just being pulled in to do this one specific job. So if you come into something and to try to produce an, I mean, an album, that's how many songs like that's a lot, you know? Start small, start with like one song. Try to do it at your house if you can and then bring it to other people and they can enhance it there, whatever. So there's, there's lots of ways to um, avoid putting yourself in this place where now you're just dishing out all this money, you know, really nilly. You have to, you have to kind of figure stuff out at your house first before you can just like look for funding. Because 
that's yeah, that's the hardest part is funding side. So if you can cut back and do stuff on your own, like you're you're already on a good spot. So yeah. Okay, yeah. Very similar on our end. Uh, my writing partner and I are very DIY about everything we do. Um so I do yeah, all of the kind of mixing, producing, orchestrating, all of that side of things, and just writing. And then they do uh, a lot of the graphic design elements and the kind of social media and then video editing whenever we do that. So being able to do that all ourselves uh, cuts a lot of that thread. Um, the other luck that we had with Collisions was it was a collaboration with the Musicals Lab down in uh, Newport News, Virginia, which is where I just found out where Karen is from. So very nice. <laughs> 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 Small world, we love it. Um, so we have a really good partnership with them and we recorded most of the songs um, down there in Newport News in Virginia. Um, so that was a really great system because the students were being paid by the university to be a part of that program over the summer. Um, but then we didn't have to pay for that, we just covered our own costs. So that saved a lot of money being able to kind of work with them. So if there are any, that's a pretty niche situation. Um, but if you ever get an opportunity to collaborate with an education program, university in that way, they're amazing. The students are amazing. It sounds so great. Um, so we're able to really save a lot of our costs on that. Uh, so the main kind of cost for us was um, we had we brought in one musician to record some guitar. We managed to do some of it ourselves. Um, but yeah, we had one musician recording a piece of guitar. And then we also brought in some Broadway guest stars, which was really cool. And I want to definitely echo what Will said about like, I'm so scared to reach out to people always. I'm like, ooh, you're this big, cool person, and I'm um, But yeah, the worst they can do is say no. That is so true, I think. And most people say yes, which mm -hmm. is the best part of it. <laughs> like, I always have to remind myself that people love being asked to do stuff. Um, so yeah, we have some really cool people on there, and we were able to really cut down our costs by, yeah, A, working with the university, and B, doing so much of the stuff that would cost us money uh, by ourselves. And before we close, I wanted to just ask a question if you guys are comfortable answering this. All of you, if you want to answer this. Um, how much have you paid, you don't have to say the name, but how much have you paid for Broadway star being on an album? I have paid, I think I paid $250 for one hour of studio time with that person. And that was a big Broadway name, two-time Tony nominee, that I'm not going to name, but I paid <laughs> approximately $250. So if you want to say, you don't have to say the name, but how much do you think the price tag is to get a big name on? Well, I think it depends on the assignment, again. You know, for Little Black Book, even though I already mentioned all of their names, I feel a little bit, I mean, it was, a, yeah, it was, it was more yeah. than that, but again, I was very lucky, Little Black Book, we got, we had it funded. You know, granted, Billy Reese and our amazing orchestrator, um, Lloyd Kikolar, um, you know, did a lot of the mastering and engineering themselves, but, you know, again, it's, 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 it's not going to be too much more than that. And to your point, like, no matter how many Instagram followers a star has or their life, everyone in this business wants to work with kind people yeah. with good material, bottom line. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a beautiful reminder to see all these beautiful talents. And Lord, I'm like such a big fan, I can't even, and, you know. But, um, and she was roommates with like a collaborator in the musical. It's just amazing. <laughs> you meet good people, small world, and um, I'm gonna be quiet and talking way too much. <laughs> yeah, price tag, and then we'll go to you too. Yeah. If you want to say the price tag for a Broadway name. Um, if you think about it, like a week of work for a Broadway performer, and maybe like $2,500 for a, a big name would make sense if they're gonna be in the studio for a couple of days. And then also, I think it's important to give them a royalty percent that's 
that's not just like tiny minuscule like in accordance with how much work they did and also a percent for if they get a sync placement because they're going to be selling the songs and you want them to be passionate about it so i feel like they deserve that on top of are we allowed to do questions at this point sure if you have a question yeah definitely my question i don't know if you guys have gotten to this yet but when you get to that part distribution contracts lawyers that's the part really Oh, yeah, well, we're definitely going to get there. Okay. Yeah, that's on the way. Uh, I'll yeah. answer out. What time is it? Just so I know how much time we have. 136. 136. We're going to be still time. Okay, I'll let you. Then we got to go to Lois today. Yeah. So um, the other thing, the silver lining of the pandemic is a lot of people who are singing, performing, recording uh, have their own mic and have a good enough quality mic that you can put on an album. So something that um, my, uh, Sam and I have done is um, we've said to someone, it's, and it's, I'm not talking a huge amount of money. Sometimes it's as low as 100, 150. 150 for a Broadway name? Yeah. yeah. People, people have done it for that. Um, because they can do it from the comfort of their own home, which makes such a big difference compared to coming to a studio. And they can just send the vocal and kind of, you know, and deal with it. Um, so yeah, if, if you're asking someone to work from home, it's, it, it's different to, yeah, obviously you want to compensate them coming to the studio. Um, but yeah, people have said yes to us for as, as low as 100, which is crazy. Yeah, and Lois? Uh, we're talking about how much? Yeah, we do how much, but also I'd love to know how you funded yours. Got it. Okay, so let's talk about it. Broadway name is $250 million, uh, and uh, a lot of, as you were saying, which you're totally right, a lot of them have remote studios. If you want to bring them in, it's still about the same. And um, as what everyone said, if they believe in the music, they're in. They're just in. If they, if they listen to the song, they want to put their name on it, they're in. You write good songs, you can get some quality names. So, um, so that's that's that's. What, there's also SAG after rates, and then that 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 really is the way how to to work through it. Um, and there's details in that contract, but then there are also friends and family rates. You know, with, with people who believe in your in your song, in your mission, in your show. Uh, how I funded? Okay, so this concept record of Super You was released during the pandemic and it's a hodgepodge. But when I was first recording, I was self-funding because I believe that if you want people to believe in you, especially if, if you're unknown in, in an industry, you want that to sound the best it can, right? So just doing one song and having it sound awesome. And as I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a producer. I know what it should sound like, right? So. I invested in myself, you know? And I don't know where this one song is gonna go, but I know it's a great song, <laughs> and I'm gonna invest in myself. So that's how I started with the concept record, is I have an idea, it was not a Broadway musical, but I have six songs that I think are cool, and I'm gonna invest in myself. And then I, I shared it, and immediately people were like, I believe in this, let's go. Well, you know, luckily I got some money put in. But in the beginning I was like, bartering, I would sing on other people's stuff, I would, you know, play on other people's stuff, they would give me studio time, it was like that. You do what you can as an artist, and then you, you, you scrap your way through it, and then you get investors, and you get believers, and you get Broadway people just by the first step, which is, you gotta believe in yourself, right? And, yeah. and spend the money. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had a follow-up question. Oh, yeah. Um, is someone on this panel, I feel like someone got a grant, right, from the New York Women's Fund? Was that? Yeah, that was you, yeah. Tell us about that process, because I've applied to get that grant before, never have, 
And um, I'm curious that process and what it was like and how much you got, if you're willing to share. Because um, that's a great grant, and it's for New York, people in New York, I believe, right? Yeah, it, it, uh, it's the New York City Women's Fund, and if you're a woman creator, you can apply for this grant. There's there's many grants, and um, just like it's a long application process. Yeah, yeah. And then you fill it out, and then I was shocked one day to get an email saying I got I got I got this grant. And I, I I I can't remember the amount, but it was something like twenty five grand or something, to, 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 and which which I think is is great. Um, and they're getting behind the. Um, creation of a music video from our show, and it's going to be using some animation, and it's uh, inviting um, the concept of the song. It's called I Know Our Eyes, mm -hmm. and it's, it's all about celebrating all of who you are and wearing your scars with pride. So it, it, it's showing the transition of people who are feeling like a misfit and a geek and a weirdo and a freak and bullying themselves, and then on the other side of it, they're saying those same words and wearing those words as badges of honor. So we're talking about celebrating trans people who will um, at first look at themselves in a certain way and in the end celebrate all of who you are, you know, and, um, and other people, on, um, other people on, on, the, on the fringes who um, are not celebrated, um, people of color, uh, just anyone who feels like an outcast, and that pretty much is everybody. Mm -hmm. So we're doing this open casting and they're helping with all of putting it together. Um, and uh, and they believe in the mission. They believe in the inclusivity of it. They believe in the story part of it. And then they said, let's just go do this thing. And so um, so I was able to get like, some grant money to not only record the song but also to do this video. And um, and we're putting it together now for Super Musical. And uh, I'm excited about that. So that was the grant. That's and, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. Definitely apply if you're trying to do something. Cam, I have some questions aimed at you now, because you are an engineer, you're also an artist, and you, you get hired all the time by people who want to get their music out there. So, if someone is a composer or a singer, let's just start from the beginning, they have a song, and they want to release a single, and they contact you, what are the steps? Can you move the mic away? Yeah, what, um, what are those steps? Well, they, they vary greatly, for sure, because there's so many different artists that have a different process. I work with a ton of just R&B singers and rappers, so they'll, they don't even show up with the, they get there at midnight, and they're like, can you download this track for me? And we stay there until <laughs> four, and they just record vocals on somebody's track, and then they leave. Or they are like anti anything, that I gotta make it from the get-go, like I gotta make it from scratch, you know, everything from scratch. So they might wanna bring the band, or they might wanna hire other people. So it could take, be a two-hour vocal session, or it could be like, you know, over the course of like a month, it could be like four or five, eight-hour, ten-hour days. It just totally drastically depends on the, the artist and like what they're into and what they want to do. You know, like a, a big uh, six-piece band, they're gonna want to take the day. You know, but a vocalist, he or she could just show up and, and do it in two hours. You know? And if some people would produce their own stuff. Maybe pre-produce or just download a track they purchased from one of the apps or something. Yeah. They can just come on in and then, you know, how much is the hourly rate for record to you? Usually, and also if you want to say and plug your your stuff, how much do you charge? Um, it just depends. The um, I work at a few different studios, so um, there's one that is in Brooklyn that's a little bit more for independent people. So that's sixteen an hour, 
Yes. Heard it, but not the artist. Correct. So that it's, that's all, what we always 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 yeah. always Always click. Always click. Always click. Always click. Because you quantize it, but then yeah. you can actually change. If you want to do multi-tempo, which I do all the time, you can do that. It's like a fixed, controlled multi-tempo. So mm -hmm. it has to be on the grid, though, right. for sure. Thank you very much. Um, and then, so now let's go into distribution. So you get it out there. Well, actually, one more question, Cam, quick question for you. Once you record it, um, mastering how much, how long should it take, and then how much is it usually for one song and one album? Um, that varies greatly, too, because it depends on what you, what you need. So mastering, as you know, is the very, very last step. Mixing comes before that. Um, if you, it's, it just depends, you know, like everybody, there's different mixing engineers that, that charge different things. Um, some people's, I think, for me, I kind of would rather not have a flat rate. I would like to have a flat rate to start with, but I want to work with you know maybe with clients and independent clients. So like I'm I'm trying to work with budgets either. Oh some yeah, yeah, yeah right. Stuff, some of the best stuff they don't have you know two grand to spend on mixing. Mm -hmm. It's just good music, and you want to be a part of it. So you're like, okay, so how do we do? You know, how do we what what you know, can we do? Can we do a bundle deal or whatever? Like, um, it just depends. But there's some major mixing engineers that are charging like thirty five hundred. Distribution. All right, so we were talking earlier, we touched on it earlier. You have a deal with Broadway Records. Anyone else have a record deal? And how do you decide if you go down the record path or if you go down the independent path? I'll let you guys both go down the line. Yeah, well, I mean, it was like, again, I, I don't know if I would consider it like in the old school record deal, but you know, obviously for Little Black Book Band Dean, um, you know, love the material so much to distribute it. And, and he um, works at Broadway Records. Broadway Records. And again, a friend for years that like I always imagined one day when I went from performing to directing and creating, I just went and he just said yes. And now, you know, he's we're in talks with him for Figaro. But um, you know, to Ashley though, you know, she's such a genius, not only as a master and an engineer. I love talking about her, luckily she's not in the room. Um, <laughs> it's like my favorite thing. And but also she's a she's an amazing videographer, even though she doesn't think so. We're doing a three-camera setup as we're recording Figaro. And um, so much so that for distributing part of our distribution, because right now we're not officially signed with any label, you know, we're getting it out there, like Playbill, for example. We just reached out to them and they're gonna be doing a video exclusive once every two weeks. We just released our first one three days ago. Because Ashley genius idea, while we're recording and in the contract, we had all the artists sign off to make sure they're okay with their likeness being out there, that you know, we're doing a three-camera setup of every song being recorded so that we have content to put out there pre-stage. So and that way, if you have the three cameras and you want to do like a little magic trick along the way, and like a little, it's best to get them actually singing the actual take, which I think is more powerful than lip syncing. But if you need to switch it, then that's how you do it. Yeah, and this goes to you, Cam, for record. I know that you also do other things that are not Broadway related. So just when it comes to releasing through a label, have you had any of that, or do you independent, or what's um, yeah. So I my partner uh, with him, so I have a duo that's just um, music that we make together. We release records together independently. We've done um, one single through a label, and 
that for us in that particular um, time, it didn't really do too much for us. So it was just a one single deal. Um, it wasn't like a major record deal or anything. It was an independent um, record label. And we were just kind of excited to see what it would do, but that particular timing, it didn't, didn't feel right. So we're, we're kind of like an independent thing. Um, you can, anybody can be an independent record label. You can literally, you can go on DistroKid today, um, $35 a year, and put up all the music you want. So you can, you can put up demos, you can put like, it's a time now where it's like record labels are yeah. yeah, it's a it's a topic, but it's like they say like rec I always kind of serve like the major record labels are like it's like a huge yacht that's like takes a very long time to turn. <laughs> Whereas like an independent being an independent, I'm, I'm on a jet ski, you know, like I can just like if I want to put out my rock album now, I could, you know. But it's yeah. When you released your single through a label. Did you have to pay them anything? Did they pay you anything? Or did they just say, we will help you get it out there? Yeah, no, they, they funded for the mastering of the record, and that was it. And it was a very small undertaking, so it was kind of like just a one-page contract, nothing crazy. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, they, they made, like, cassettes, which I'm like, why are you? <laughs> Yeah. No, who's listening to cassettes these days? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a nice like you know, little trophy. Yeah, <laughs> something to hold, you yeah, know. Exactly. I don't know how they'll listen to it. But I haven't listened to it yet. Ah, what about you guys? Um, yeah, so yeah, I mentioned Distrokid because that's what we use. What did you say that again? Distrokid. Distrokid. D I S T R O K I D. Yeah. Distrokid. Yeah. puts it on Spotify and Apple Music and all that sort of yes. yeah. It puts it everywhere for like 35 bucks a year or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's so worth doing it. It's kind of, yeah. It's nice having that control over it. Distro um, kid or distro kit? Uh, kid. Yeah, yeah, kid. Kid. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. So that's what we use. It's definitely the recommend digital. Like, yes. put something on itself. Yeah, and there's others. There's Newhor. I love Newhor. Right. right. And uh, it's really easy to get your stuff out there. I, as a as a rocker and, and, and uh, with my rock band, I had a label, and it was, as you were saying, it's a little bit of a slower yeah. situation. When we released the concert, concept record, it was guerrilla style. It was yeah. like, we want to be on that jet ski. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was during the pandemic, and we were like, let's just get your demos out there and create some traction. And we staged these socially distant shows on pickup trucks at the drive-in, and we were one of the first theatrical shows to do anything, if not the first one. Yeah. And then I remember hearing about your show. So <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. You went viral during the pandemic. Yeah, and, 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 then, and then what happened was, because we had that concept record yeah. out, we, um, there was this amazing traction. And then I had posted on social media a little video of uh, a rehearsal, and uh, it went crazy, crazy viral. Innocently, I put, if anybody wants sheet music for this, let me know. And suddenly, it was like thousands of people were like you know, responding. I was like, oh no, what do I do? Because in the beginning, it was like I was innocently like, okay, here's my email. You know, like just totally yeah. like easy breezy. And the next thing you know, it was like, gush, gush, gush. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh man. And, and now, every week on Friday in CB Musical, it's for the last three years, people have been covering my music. Mm -hmm. <gasps> 
and, and, and filming themselves on Fan Club or Friday, and, and it still happens. We've been doing it for the last, maybe not fully three, maybe it's two and a half years, but that's a lot of Fridays. You know, and, and why? Because we did it with the jet ski stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We just put it out there. Now, listen, I'm friends with Van too, and, I, and he's pretty jet ski. Yeah, you know he's jet ski. So, so, so Van, Van of Broadway Records could possibly be pretty close, but we were like, I don't even want to wait. Like, let's just, we're just going to do it right now, get it up on, we did it on Tukor, and we just, we just put it up, and then it was out there, and we were suddenly on pickup trucks, People were giving us honking ovations, and the next thing you know, it was like international press, and our, our stuff was going viral. It's because we just went out there. We just mm. went out there and did it. And now you're headed to the West End. And now we're headed to the West End. So, you know, going viral is a great way to get ahead. Um, some things, how do you, I can't remember to ask how you go viral, who knows? Um, but uh, when it comes to promo in general, what do you do to get your stuff out there? Do you want me to go down the line? I think it's again about the assignment for Little Black Book during the pandemic, because we happened to have all of these A-list Broadway names, 12, 13 of them. It was all about, in our contract, you know, um, giving them the permission to really put out each of them have their own fan bases. So they each kind of reach a different demographic. You know, Olivia Swipe reaches a different demographic than a Natalie Weiss, Jessica Vosk reaches a different demographic than maybe a Mandy Gonzalez, Samantha Pauly. But with Figaro, um, you know, we've been very deliberate in kind of keeping our cards close in a different way because, um, so we're kind of doing a little bit of uh, a slow, a, a slow release, but maybe you can talk a little bit about our release for Figaro. Well, I, I must say, first of all, is um, I would think of it like, what does the public expect to see? And if you're an official anything, you have to have a presence on every single platform, whether you like the platform or not. You know, you just have to exist on the Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. And then it's amazing with the internet, there's a wealth of knowledge out there um, that I still want to dive very deep into that will tell you all about the algorithms for each platform. For example, TikTok is um, just like one look at one video and then you, you're seeing that there's a whole list of rules that you have to follow, otherwise you're, like you'll go flat in the algorithm. And so it's a, another thing that you're gonna, you would have to do your homework with very diligently, but then on top of that, having the video content, which is why we recorded our, our live studio session, because I was like, what are we gonna post about it? And when you can see the person singing it, it is so much more powerful than, than just hearing it, even though hearing it is wonderful, but we got more interest from producers on that one Mauricio video that was on Playbill three days, three days ago. Like when I say like West End Broadway, like truly, before we even release, that was that one song, seeing the veins and the commitment, kind of what you probably felt, Lords, too, when they saw these real life humans singing right. yours, if there's something magical about that. It is, it is. And I, I actually think that I totally um, use that same approach of when you're recording people, especially if they're on merit, videotape them, you know, and get that into the contract. Because that was, that helped us with our content during the, uh, Pandemic. We had a lot of video content and a lot of people who believed in the music and were totally open to like let it let people in the world know that it's me. Do you know what I mean? They were like, sure, get it out there. Yeah. And as a result, it was like we were able to, to feed that algorithm and get a lot of viral videos and promote the music. And the music was uh, was 
that concept record, which is now like all different lyrics. As I said, it's like totally like, you know, it's a different, it's, it's, it's not where we are now, because I've, I've totally rewritten so much, but still, people are singing the songs and saying, I know this musical. I know Super U, I've seen it on TikTok, I've seen those viral videos, you know? And it's just a matter of a gorilla style, moving like a jet ski, and getting your stuff out there in any way possible. somebody else to help me with that so I can just focus on the music, but that's, that we can't do that right now. We're not, we're not there yet. So um, it's kind of like the, the content is kind of like the salesman for the music. So you kind of got to like get the content really good so you can roll them in and then you hook them with the song and hopefully they stay, stick around for the music. But in some ways, yeah, it's like, it's a, it's like a salesman to your music. But you know what, the content doesn't need to be fancy. The, the, the viral, the viral yeah. video that I was talking about of rehearsal was not fancy. Yeah. It was literally just, you know, a little moment in rehearsal and the actor was bringing it. And I remember that. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Rukiala Settle doing that This Is Me in rehearsal. That's it. That went viral. Right. And it was just raw, raw. guts. Everyone then, got off. And, and then she went in front of the, you know, I, But I remember stands, that like video. That sort of Your thing. video, I remember. Oh, because, you do? Oh, well, because it went viral. Yeah, yeah. That was super you. So it doesn't need to be fancy, you just need to capture a moment. And actually, the sh sometimes the shorter the video, especially on TikTok, it's better. Like, people don't have a big attention span. Don't even put a three minute video. Just put like, you know, 30 seconds or, or 17 split seconds. It up. You know what I mean? Or split it up, you know? And so it's like just this little moment of like, ah, oh, what is this? She just brought it, you know? And then, and then that'll be enough, you know? Um, and that little, that little video, it was like less than 30 seconds. which was like, I, I mean, I didn't even know people. I, I mean, it was a lot to ask people if they wanted sheet music. You know what I mean? The fact that so many people wanted sheet music. I was like, this is banana pants, right? And, um, but Did it, you create like a Dropbox or something for that? I ha we had to hire a social media team to navigate. Like we, we did, it was like, a, it, like, because suddenly it was like, you know, I, I told you originally it was yeah. me like, yeah. hey, you know? And then I was just like, I can't, what do I do? You, I can't answer everybody. So my point is, is that the social media team created a link and then and then with that link it was like, leave your email. Like, you know what I mean? There was like a oh, thing yeah. that they were Capture. really smart about capturing. So then it became thousands of fans on, on the email list based on based on them, you know, coming in and, and requesting sheet music. But there's no ways, there's, no, there's lots of ways to skin a cat and, the, and everyone does it in a different way. But I think the main thing is, um, Get out there. Just get out there and, and, and see what happens, right? Yeah. And I have a question about that. So I, I often compare myself to my friends that are not in the soundtrack genre. Mm. I often am like, well, my friend's a country singer, they're getting 20,000 streams, or someone else is pop. I'm like, yeah, I get all these streams here. I get a little bit jealous. Um, when it comes to the soundtrack genre, how do you approach promoting that? Because I even released a song, Cover City Out Now under the folk genre to see if like that will change things. It kind of did. Mm. So I want to hear your thoughts on 
soundtrack genres and how you promote it in that genre, or if you think genre changing matters. It's a weird question, I know. I just think about it all the time. Yeah, I think, um, I think something that is helpful about social media is I think we can kind of market to a niche in that way, and that can be really helpful. Um, so, for example, um, I mean, full disclosure, I'm terrified of TikTok. I don't understand it. I mean, but luckily, my blog is really, really great at it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, we have something. We actually did a launch concert for Collision with the people at the Wall, which was really cool. One of our performers, Tara Caro Di Pietro, she's really famous on TikTok. Mm -hmm. She's the sweetest human mm -hmm. life. Love her. Um, and she posted just like one tiny clip from that concert uh, of her saying, ironically, a song that wasn't on Collision, but we released as a single. Um, and that has been like our most requested kind of sheet music for looking through it because that's, that's something that kind of went viral. So because she kind of has that following, but it's specifically like to their tickets, like kind of this whole event, I guess, um, kind of marketing very specifically, like this is Broadway, this is this nerds. Like that is such a niche now, but I think that can be helpful if you can like get that audience. Because um, because we're, we're wearing out and we want something. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the flip side of it, where it is kind of marketing the soundtrack genre can be, can be an advantage because you're getting that niche there. Um, as for kind of pop, rock, marketing of different genres, I just kind of have less experience in that, so I don't know. Well, I think for Figaro, it's, a, it's all about, and I'm, again, although I'm a director, my dad was in the advertising field, so I can't stop, not think about like the brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even as a director, I'm always like in the marketing meetings, like, what's our phantom mask? And they're like, why are you here? Um, <laughs> but like, so for example, for Little Black Book, it's about Heidi Fleiss, who lives with right now, she was in Hollywood Madam in the 90s, but she lives with all these, you know, birds and parrots. But I really said to the design team, you know, like, what, how, how do we, this is a show, the show is essentially about Heidi finding not only her voice, but also um, being a phoenix rising. So the way that they had, they, they had a parrot basically look like it was exploding all these colors. It was such a beautiful phantom mask. But for Figaro, you know, um, in addition to what I want Ashley to talk about, what our phantom mask for Figaro is, to make people not think it's Figaro Barbara Seville, because it's totally not, um, is for our byline for Figaro, it's very important that it's Moulin Rouge meets Phantom of the Opera with a touch of Tim Burton. Now, people might be like, what the F does that mean? It, it gets, it, enough, it, it, it just, that's what the show is. And it allows people to at least lean in and just like entice. So even though I'm not really good at like what genre, I mean, it's all music theater, but to get them outside of like pigeonholing your show, find out what the elevator pitch is. And then also, I'm just such a firm believer what's your show's phantom mask? What is that? When they see that logo or that brand, that's super you. That's Little Black, that's Collisions, that's Figure. so. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree, and I would just add just, um, I would just stay true to who you are, even if it's not commercial, because I feel like when you're staying true to who you are, mm -hmm. then there is something to be said for pop music, though, because I personally, as an artist, have done really well with like the upbeat, happy pop songs. But I feel still that like if you just don't don't make a genre because you're like, oh well, maybe it should be this because I because this is in right now. I think that it'll it'll keep your heart in line and people will be able to feel that. And for Ashley, though, she's not in the room, but I'm going to talk about her again. <laughs> she writes like Danny Elfman like motifs, that means a lot of people might be like, ah, not for the album. I said, Ash, lean into it. 
She writes these cinema landscapes with no lyrics that actually tell so much of a story with just her orchestration and melody that when she said before, what's so beautiful about the girl, you can close your eyes and hear the story. It's not only her lyrics and music, but the fact that she's leaning into something that I think is gonna make her a different composer within the musical theater landscape, is she's leaning into her cinematic mind. And to just commit to who you are unapologetically, because if you build it, they will come. I'm gonna agree with that, and I have to say that what, what is being celebrated, especially nowadays, is, is your authenticity. Mm. It's who you naturally are. So um, I come from the, the rock world to the pop world, so I know what that's like. If I don't compare releasing theater to, to, that, to that. You know, it's a different world, and when I'm in theater world, it's sort of like it does its thing, and I actually don't pay a lot of attention to what it's doing. I just know I put quality stuff out there and people will come. Uh, but I do have to say that you said something that was really smart, which is that when we played Carnegie Hall, we did two nights at Carnegie Hall, and um, we, uh, our, our social media team invited influencers that were in the, um, in the field of, uh, of theater and who have a huge mouthpiece and, and a hu huge um, base. Um, and that was crazy for us. So like just, they, first of all, they all wanted to come because of all the viral videos that we had. And so everyone was like really excited because our, our, our social media team was just like, we usually reach out to influencers uh, for our Broadway shows and they don't want to come. Do you know what I mean? But they were interested because we, you know, we, we had the show that was already generated some energy. And so they all came and then they shared and shared and shared and shared and shared and shared. And so the, everything we do is kind of organic except we didn't have that strategy of like, let's go bring some influencers uh, in, the, in the field that we're in. Smart. Right? Yeah. So, but authentic is the key. Yeah. Authentic yeah. is the key, going with what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, be who you are, whatever it is, and don't pay attention to anybody else. Right? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, how much time do we have? I'm gonna open up the questions to everyone in the audience. We have five minutes. All right, so any questions? Yeah. Uh, how little music experience is acceptable to start on the concept album route, i.e., yes, I grew up listening to musical theater, but I've really been getting seriously into music all the past couple months, and like my brain's up and off, yeah. all these different ideas. I would love to answer this, because out of probably everyone here, I'm the one that knows how to write sheet music the least. So I hire, so basically what I do is I can play chords on guitar, you don't even need to do that. Um, you can write lyrics down, and then hire someone to do the music. So what I do is I play chords on guitar and I write my lyrics and the melodies, but then I hire Billy Reese, who works with you on the Black Book that made Billboard. I hire Billy and I pay Billy to do the sheet music and then we hire someone in Ireland to do the orchestrations and Billy also helps with orchestrations. So I basically say, here are my chords, here's the lyrics, here's the melodies. Now, can you please make this something worth listening to? <laughs> oh and that God. is what Billy does for me. And I love working with them, and I did it with Good Morning New York, my first musical. I had some composers involved. So that's my, that's my opinion, if you guys have anything else you want to say. But it's a music supervisor. So you pay them, and they make it happen. Yeah, I would love to jump in Yeah, I always think that, yeah, um, a fun fact that I learned in grad school is to be legally 
you only have to write the melody. So you could just like sing into your phone and you are a composer, like just like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I but really yeah. absorb that though. Yeah. That was really well said. That yeah, is absolutely the truth. It's so it's easy. Yeah. That's right? what Mel Brooks did. Exactly. Both his musicals. Correct. Yeah. He just hummed and sang it, his lyrics, sang it into a phone and handed it off to someone else. And if you don't have the money, there are apps that you can, that have um, melody, or not melodies, but they have the music and you just sing a melody on it and you own the rights and boom. Well, do you know the name of the apps? Yeah, Beat Saber, I think. Oh, Beat Saber! Yeah! Is that what it is? Yeah, and my phone's over there, but I think it's an app where you can like you can download a bunch of songs and you is pay. Is it Beat Saber or Beat Saber with a B? I know that there's one for Oculus Quest 2 that I play a lot. That's not it. That is that is a game, but it's Beat Saber, Beat Song, Beat Stars, Beat, beat stars. stars. That's what it is. Sorry, I played video games too much. It's Beat Stars. That's impossible. Cool. Yeah. There's also a band in the box, which is you know greater. Yeah. Also, I must say, like if you're like you feel like you're where zero with music composition, the way that we speak is a rhythm. And we also, yes. you can hear the pitches in the way that we speak, and then you can just improv what you want to say and express, and you just assign notes to that. It's already music, in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Cam, what you said earlier, I mean, but you were talking about how our, our like rappers come into your yeah. studio, and you just download the track from the website, and then boom, they have a song, and it's streaming everywhere. But if you feel insecure about where you are musically, you invite people in yeah. to your planet. Okay. Yeah, that's it, awesome. It so, so like bring in a piano player, bring yeah. in some other, bring in a collaborator, bring in, you know, theater's a collaborative business. Yes. So bring in somebody, that's, that's all you do. Do you know what I mean? And also on my vision board it says surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. <laughs> and also my three favorite words are best idea wins. And I never thought I'd be getting into the record business. I'm a performer turned director creator. And during the pandemic, I had an idea with Billy, my co-creator and the composer lyricist. And even with Vigro, Ashley's pushed me in my writing. I'm now also a co-book writer. I never thought I'd be a co-book writer, like a co-librettist, like who do I think I am? <laughs> but you just do the thing. And then you just, we all have that little kid in us, whatever age you are, like, What's so beautiful about the time now is that people now more than ever are being celebrated for being, and I love what you said, Lord, your most authentic self. And if there's any community on the planet Earth, a lot of them are here at the Mary Marquee. And people like beautiful Jackie, and people like, you know, these beautiful people who are just unapologetically putting it out there. And it, I can feel the vibration, not to get all woo-woo, but I'll go there. <laughs> I can feel it in this room, too. So really, just go for it. Yeah, it's true. Any other questions out there before we wrap it up? All right, last call. All right, so what we're gonna do is, if you guys could, just last thing, give your Instagram, email, socials, whatever you would like to give to people out there where they can contact you. I can start, happy to start. I left, so I have a drinking musical, White House and Immersive Drinking Musical is off Broadway now, free shots for everyone um, that comes if you buy a ticket. Use the promo BWAYCON for $25 tickets, and that includes three free shots. It's nice. wild. Cool. Yeah, so they're all on your seats. Drinking Grab them. Drinking musical. We sold out at Hanover. Now we're here. Um, uh, that's a plug for that. Oh, yeah, I was going to plug something. Uh, we are releasing a cast album this fall, actually. So that's what I was going to announce today. Yeah, what was I going to say? That. Yeah. So I'm announcing it today, first time. Our off-Broadway cast album is going to this fall. But if you want to contact me, I'm at Jackie Frapp. My name tag's here if you want to take a photo. 
Yeah, yeah. Or um, throughouttheatrics.com. That's how you can find me. Um, my Instagram is at will, W-I-L-L, nuns, N-U-N-Z, official, O-F-F-I-C-I-L. Um, um, and um, to plug, um, I'm working on a lot. Big Girl, I'm the director. We're working Kiss Up, Little by Book, co-creative director. And then uh, I'm going to start a two-week workshop of White Rose, the musical, um, starring beautiful Ren Rivera. And they were one of the stars of... Super you, so I know all about, I can't with it. I'm just so obsessed. Um, <laughs> um, and um, I'm doing a lot of other stuff, but so you can just check out the Instagram. Um, Ashley Jenna, Ashley J-A-N-A, so that's my email, ashleyjenna at live.com, um, and then Ashley Jenna Music on all platforms. I'm also available as a collaborator um, on a website called Air Gigs, but also if you don't you know, have a budget and you just want advice, I love giving advice. I'm always loving giving out my tricks, so feel free to contact me. Um, my Instagram is Smitty Makes Music. <laughs> so um, catch me on there or just check out Spotify. The, we put out an album last year called Eat Your Food. So Eat Your Food is, is the one to start. And, what, and if people want to record with you, because you said it's 60 bucks an hour, where can seven, they do that? 727 Studios, or you can get me directly. We can go to a different studio if you want. But 727 is kind of the home base right now. In Brooklyn, so. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so all my Thank you.